Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. Each week, I'll bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way. There's always bigger, brighter waves to surf that will change our world. So grab your boards. Hi, this is Christy Walsh, and we are surfing the psychic waves today. We have a special guest star surfer that we'll bring on in a few minutes. And in today's show, we're going to talk about surfing the creepy crawly waves. And one of the things uh, we've been noticing uh, is that uh, we have been experiencing all sorts of fluctuations during the day of moods. And it could be general crabbiness. It could be sort of a flash anger. And we're going to talk about some of that today and kind of how to handle your emotions and get back to your energy and how to surf these really uh, interesting waves that kind of come at us. And it's not absolutely every day, but a couple times a week now. So something is changing in the universe. And we're going to talk about that today. So my guest is Julia Stone Street Smith. She's a clairvoyant intuitive counselor and astrologer. And we're happy to have her back on Surfing the Psychic Waves. Welcome, Julia. Hi. Hi, I'm so glad you're here. So, yeah. So what have you been noticing about this sort of flash anger that kind of revs its uh, energy up? Well, I think you'd agree. It just feels really volatile right now out there. And it feels like people have kind of lost their space, so to speak, lost their ability to be patient, maybe are challenged around the the idea of just like, just breathe through it, you know, stay calm. It just feels like we go from zero to 10, like really fast, like whoosh. And maybe if, if you're out there listening and you've experienced this, you might even be wondering like, wow, what, what just happened? Like, you know, like I, I totally just kind of lost it. And maybe in some other time in my life, I, I don't think I would have gotten that wound up so fast or Maybe it's not always anger. It could be like those feelings of just despair or just kind of like the depths of, of, yeah, despair of just like, oh, God, you know, and then then it kind of passes. But it just feels intense. All of these feelings just feel so intense and they come on quick and, and they can leave quickly, too. But it does feel sort of difficult to navigate that kind of intensity. Yeah, I find that I get even more mad at myself that I got to that anger so quickly. And then I'm just as angry when it goes away, but like at myself. So then I'm just left there with like, like, why did I do that? And and I'm having the fight with myself over, you know, how I went from one emotion to another and, you know, and back again. And it's like, I think we want to get to that flexibility with energy of where you can experience flash anger all by yourself keep it to yourself and then move on to the next thing um but it's just like you say it's very volatile and it's confusing and i think you can wake up in the morning and uh, kind of have a plan for your day and then other things start to happen and pretty soon the mood that you woke up with is not the where you're at like in the middle of the day so uh julie and i um had uh, different experiences uh, working with the group um, in the 
sort of late 90s, early 90s, um, called the Berkeley Psychic Institute. And uh, they're not around too much anymore. Um, but we were taught to sort of what we call run energy. And so, Julia, I wonder if you could sort of talk about how what those words means to you as far as running energy. Well, running energy to me and the way that I experienced it and practiced it was a meditation, energetic healing technique that helps a person hook up to energy that's neutral, you know, and it's, you, you flush it through your body and it kind of moves out energies that you've collected from other people, sometimes from institutions, you know, government, education, the church, um, we're very absorbent. It doesn't look like it. It looks like we live in these solid bodies, but on yeah. an energy level where there's tremendous energy exchange happening all the time. And most of us have no idea how much energy we're picking up from other people. And I do think when we have these flash emotions that are just so overpowering, it could be a signal like that's not totally me, you know, that's not totally my energy because it wouldn't, it wouldn't feel so irrational and so out of control if it was really coming from me, a natural reaction to something, you know, there's something else coming in here and the tools or the techniques of being able to run energy is a way to flush everything out and to start to get familiar with your own natural energy so that when these events happen, you can identify it like that. That really wasn't all me. I would not get that ragey or depressed unless there were other people riding in to the space on it, you know, on whatever the event is. Yeah, because uh, I kind of know where my despair sort of things are in my space. And I kind of know where my my anger spots are or what really, you know, bugs me. Like, I, I know those spaces, I think, pretty well right now. And so it's kind of, it's just, just as shocking, like, oh my God, why am I so mad about this? And and it is this sort of question answer thing that I, I find myself doing to kind of um, figure out whether it's me if if it's other external energy to my space and it's like I have to keep asking questions until I move on um, to something else. But one of the other things they talked about, um, so running energy, and we can talk a little more about that in a minute, but they also talked a lot about finding your amusement. Oh, that's so I, helpful. It helps I know. So much. <laughs> I have not done that and I don't know how long. I mean, yeah, I make jokes and stuff, but... Uh, like finding it, like, go look, go look in your space for amusement. And I haven't done that. And I don't know how long. And that just came to me like two seconds before the show started. So that's, which I find even more hilarious. Um, so what do you think about that, those terms? Well, that is a tool I use a lot. And I, when I'm working with groups of people and everybody's getting all grumpy and people are starting to kind of resent each other, like you didn't do enough or, you know, and the whole talking behind each other's backs. I mean, I use humor to get that energy moving and 
maybe at times some of my jokes are even a little inappropriate, but it's kind of like, and I've been very transparent with my, my colleagues, like, Hey, I need this. I have to start laughing now because what we're dealing with is hard. It's stressful. And we're starting to kind of attack each other, which is silly because we really are on the same team and we're all want the same. We all want the same outcome here. So we got to start joking around to try to just lift this heaviness enough for us to even get back to the goals that we're working on because we're getting way off track with some energies that are not helping at all. So I love it. I mean, I could just make jokes all day long. Yeah. I physically love the feeling of laughing. I mean, I, I, it's my medicine. So you got to find your amusement. If you can't figure out a way to find something that's funny in, in the situation you're in. Sure. There are some situations where it's just not funny. And, and, but those, everything's moving. Everything's going to pass. Nothing's going to stay stuck. You're never stuck anywhere. You could feel like it, but when you start being able to laugh, you start feeling that fluidity again. Like I'm moving, something's moving, you know, um, the worst time periods in my life have been the time periods where I just couldn't find the amusement. Like this is really getting heavy and I can't, I can't find anything to laugh about. You know, that's scary to me. Yeah. And I do know that just in other work situations that I'm in that, um, it is a struggle to find that sort of amusement sort of thread. Um, I feel like there's so much energy coming at everyone. Let's just say gathered for a meeting that it, people are still quick to anger and quick to get into conflict when it's really not even necessary. Um, yeah, you know, we're not even debating. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about community and what does, what is the community? What does that mean? And I do think we're in a time period right now where maybe we've lost that idea and we're, we're more into like, I'm an individual. I'm an individual. I've been developing myself. I'm working on myself. I got to think about myself. And it's not that one is good and one is bad, but it does seem like working in groups right now is challenging or even in, in nations in the world, seeing yourself as like, we're all part of this group. We're together in this, you know, there's the pendulum seems to have swung away from, you know, these communities more towards individualism. And when we get too far on either side, we lose our space. You know, if we're if we're so focused on our individuality, then we're not we're not able to think about how to cooperate, collaborate, work together, solve problems together. And so going to a meeting full of other people is agonizing. It's kind of like, oh, this is a waste of my time or they're not listening (laughs) to my ideas or I know what we should do and they won't follow me, you know, instead of like (laughs) those skills of, of working together. And I think there's a pendulum. I think we have had periods where we were more, you know, bonded as a group, as a community it's just right now, I think we're not, we're not really in that space. We're exploring the other side. And there's good parts of that. That's great. I think you should be taking care of yourself, you know. Um, but if we don't have 
self and community in, in some kind of balance, I think it can get nasty. Like just at the grocery store, like, get out of my way, you know, like <laughs> I have to go somewhere, you know, instead of like, that's an old lady. Okay. She can't move faster. Where is the part of me that would be more respectful and like, Hey, you know, maybe I can even help this person. It just feels like everybody's sort of edgy and um, just yeah. ready to ready, ready to, to rumble. Out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, you know, we kind of talked about this last year. Um, there have been sort of other years in the past where it seems a, a little chaotic, but the anger part uh, just ha- seems to have been escalating for a while now. And I, you know, I don't remember this space in like, let's say 2010. I don't remember the space in 2012. So what's going on with 2019 that we just, you know, I mean, I'm all for having our own internal sort of revolutions, but I feel like in a group of people, it's, it's almost the energy of getting to some kind of revolution, but they're all different. (laughs) And so you can't, like nobody's on the same page, like the community part and that sort of that independence at the same time and rebelling against something. It's like, there's this weird combination of energy happening that like, you know, I, I kind of walk away from different meetings going, what did we just talk about? Like, I don't even know what the outcome was. Like, what was that? It but is then, confusing. And I, I think that, I've looked at this anger thing a lot, or not even just anger, but like people wanting to say what they really think. And at times it's extremely offensive. It's like, wow, I can't believe you just said that. That is horrifying. You know, in a way, we're in a time period where I feel like we have a lot of permission to share our most deepest thoughts, you know, and in a, and I've always been a fan of, of the energy of permission. Like we should have permission you know, to be who we are and to express who we are. The thing is, though, yeah, if we're letting out every most disturbing, violent, horrible, evil, judgmental thought, it's going to take a toll on our community because you just cannot say those things or tweet those things, blog those things, get on TV and say those things, say those things to, you know, your neighbors without you know, some of it's toxic. So it's kind of like, wait, how do we have permission and still have this community where we're showing that we are in it together. We're going to work together. We care about each other. You know, I like permission, but not when it turns into marginalizing groups of people or, you know, just being really vile. So that, that's really a fascinating thing for me to look at. Like, Hey, uh, I want everyone to feel free to be themselves, but not if it's poisoning our sense of unity. Yeah. The unity uh, word, we don't, I have not heard that for a while either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't even be laughing. <laughs> you have to laugh because otherwise it's like, I'm, it's very depressing, you know? If you read the news or, and I know a lot of people don't, and it's probably healthy not to, but I have, I'm addicted. I cannot stop looking at it. I'm just like, wow. Every day, a parade of stories about just the rudest, 
behavior and people just doing it. And it almost seems like the more you see it, the more you kind of, it it. it seems normal or the more people are going to do it because they're like, well, they did it. So I'm going to do it. Where is that sense of like, you know, we have to, we have to have some manners. And where is this rage coming from? Like, why? Why are you so mad at that group? Like, what did they do to you? I, I really, a lot of these stories that I read, I'm thinking, that group of people isn't doing anything to you. It has nothing to do with what's bothering you. It has nothing to do with what's not working in your life. It's just a way to offload. You're just going to dump this over there, you know, yeah. sort of like you got to put your rage somewhere. It's... It's actually pretty interesting to look at when you're in a very neutral, psychically clear space. But when you're not in a neutrally, psychically clear space and you're experiencing these energies in a very visceral way, no, that's not fun. That's horrible. That's when it's like, I'm going to go home and just be sitting in a chair depressed or, you know, ready to attack someone in my own family because I need to somehow put, get the energy out of me. That's probably what it is. These energies build up in people. They don't know how to move it out. So they just start trying to express it and give it to someone else. And then it just goes around and around and around and around. Yeah. To me, it's like this energy cloud. And some people get it. They just walked right through it. (laughs) And now they're all mad and angry. And trying to find parking in a Trader Joe's parking lot. And they are going to, they're ready to rumble now. <laughs> I'm telling you, the parking when, when lot at the grocery store is a place where we all need to use our psychic tools. Because there's so much rage in that parking lot. I mean, you can be fine. And you go to pick up a few things and you're suddenly like, ah! you know, just like and what's ready so, to ram someone with the car. I, I I don't know how this is getting. It, I feel like it's it's not human beings consciously picking this or choosing this or deciding that I'm going to, you know, be really angry when I go to the store today. And it's like we're being sort of shown this energy of rage or hatred or or lack or not enough space, not enough parking spaces. You know, it, we in two seconds you're like trying to go to the store and that's kind of an abundant kind of action. You're going to go pick up a few things. You're going to bring them home and, and you're gathering goods here. (laughs) That should feel good. No matter who you are, you're getting what you want. You're going to go get something you want. I'm going to go get my chocolate milk that I need right now. And that's going to feel great. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know, ice cream. Something like Why does that turn into a hot bed of rage? Why, is it about not feeling like you can have what you want or I don't know. I think any gathering space these days where there are a lot of people to me feels dicey. Like I haven't gone to a concert in a long time with a huge crowd. Cause I just sort of feel like I can, I don't think I can handle that energy. I, and granted, I feel like I'm a sensitive person. I spent many, many years honing these this sensitivity to energy and now it's kind of like or an airport even like an airport feels sort of like oh so many people you know um (laughs) i have to play a game with myself and sometimes the game is try to say uh the least amount of words possible 
And there have been trips where I have said three words to other humans, wherever. That that was my record to date. Um, But I usually have to go in there with the game that I'm playing, you know, where I'm counting things. Or it's like I have to have this other thing I'm doing while I move through that energy. So it's like I'm giving myself a preoccupation. Otherwise, uh, I just get really, um, really sort of uh, diluted. It's it's a strange thing that happens to me now. I, I think a long time ago, I would get more amped up, maybe more nervous. But now it's more dilutive. Like, I feel like I'm nowhere near my body. <laughs> I'm nowhere in this plane, <laughs> nowhere near this airport. <laughs> Not sure where I am right now. So it, it's, and that actually doesn't feel that bad. So it, it's been a very confusing space, I think. So I, so to get out of that, I've been trying to play a game as I mentally, as I go through the airport or whatever, but it's, it's pretty intense. And I think um, to get back to this idea of, getting into a meditative space or running energy, it seems like um, that's kind of getting back to that individualness, but it's actually connecting you to the universe, which is your community. (laughs) So it's kind of this backwards way almost where it's, it seemed like a solitary act or an individual act. And yet we're connecting with source or whatever you want to call it. Um, So what do you think about that? Yeah, that's that's pretty insightful. I mean, running energy, to be technical about it, the technique that we learned and practiced is to bring in cosmic energy from way out there in the universe and earth energy. So you're like connecting to your earthiness and your cosmicness. And it does create a really expansive feeling in your space. Like you feel bigger, you feel and you, you feel yeah. freer. So it is a way, I think, of sort of reminding yourself, like, I'm part of this human experience. And that means I'm part of everything that's happening here on the earth, for better or worse. And I can have my space around it, but I am connected to everything that everyone's doing in any given moment. You know, and at the same time, I'm part of something that's much more vast and timeless and limitless. And I'm trying to do both in this human mm-hmm. experience and it's tricky and losing your space. I think as a human can often mean, you know, swinging to one side or the other too much, like swinging into like totally human. I'm just a human and that's it. And like my human experience is just so intense or sometimes swinging the other way. Like I'm just out of it. I'm spaced out. I'm not really here. I kind of left the building Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, I even have habits that help me leave, you know, like I got to leave. Um, and that constantly always seeking that balance. Like, can I do both? Can I do both? Can I do both at the same time? And probably not, but, you know, I can kind of get there. I kind of know what that feels like. And then I get kind of out of that space, come back, come back. Um, but yeah, I do think that, running energy kind of helps you create that balance between this individualism and this other sort of uh, complete vast community of oneness. Mm -hmm. Because when you say the words unity or oneness, there's no crabbiness in there. There's no anger. No, (laughs) no. And yet at the same time, it's like oneness. When I'm in oneness, 
I'm not I'm not down with the civil war in Syria. Like I don't like that in my oneness space. But I can't, you know, if I'm going to have oneness, I got to have that there too. If we really were more focused on unity and this idea of oneness, I really think we would work harder to work together because we wouldn't want these painful experiences happening in our oneness. You know, it would be like that's unacceptable. I can't have people starving over there and have one and, and be comfortable yeah. in my oneness. I can't because that's yeah. painful and I yeah. need that to get healed and I'm going to do more to heal it. You know, um, I yeah, there is. even the way our earth is behaving with extreme weather or climate change, which I kind of, I, you know, take it or leave it listeners. I do feel like in the United States, a lot of people are a little bit in denial about it, like not really taking it seriously. Other countries are doing a lot more to kind of confront it. But I feel like even the earth is, is becoming volatile, you know, and, and trying to tell us something like, hey, yeah. um, this is part of our oneness, this experience of being on earth. And unless we change our behavior, it's going to get it's going to get more volatile. I'm just thinking about uh, a story I saw, of course, because I'm trying not to pay attention to the news, but of course, the news found me. <laughs> um, and it was a story about uh, this giant head of a like an ancient wolf, like 40,000 years old. And it was just the head chopped off somehow. And they found it in this ice that was melting, like in Siberia. And I'm like, my God, like animal like figures of animals are actually coming out. They're not even technically alive anymore. And they're still showing us something. It's like, my gosh, what hasn't the earth done to show us that like, we gotta kind of do something different. So it's just, it's pretty, so it does get overwhelming. Like that part of it, I think the call to action so let's see, I've been running my energy, I'm connecting to source, or I'm connecting to the cosmic sun, whichever one you want. I'm connecting to the center of the earth. That's awesome. And all of this energy is like moving through my whole body. And then it's like, I got to do with something. And, and I think in these last couple of weeks, I noticed that I'm really confused of what that something is. Like... What, well, what am I, how am I going to make a difference or how am I going to, I don't know, what's, what's my yeah. next step? When you look at the space of the problems around you, wherever you are, you know, whatever community you live in, when I look at the space of problems that are just, just around me yeah. on a daily basis, it's overwhelming. And then when I look at more global, I'm like, oh my gosh, wow, that's a lot. Um, and it can be kind of like, I don't know what to do. I don't think I can make much of a difference. And I don't know. This year I've had a couple really heavy depressive episodes that were like, hmm, this is really, we're going the wrong way, people. All people. <laughs> Why are we yeah. going this way? This isn't helpful. You know, getting very discouraged and then kind of remembering, you know, just even trying to keep my own space clear, keep my own energy running, you know, that's helpful. That's helpful to the planet. 
and it seems small, but taking good care of myself, not in a way that's like, I'm going to take care of myself, get out of the way, but, you know, more in a loving, (laughs) compassionate way, it is helpful because people have to stay healthy, mentally healthy, spiritually healthy in this volatile time. We can't have everybody just lose it, you know, or just completely give up or just like, I can't handle it. We have to have some points of light or some grounded points. Like that person's kind of grounding it a little bit, you know, and over here we got somebody else who's kind of keeping this grounded and like kind of holding, holding down the fort, you know, cause it's, it's getting, it's getting intense. And we yeah. need some people to be like stakeholders, like literally holding the stakes of the tent, like down. So that, yeah. so that hopefully other people can have a moment of, of reality Space. of like, whoa, you know, wake up a little bit, see what's happening here. You're getting lost in the storm. You're getting lost in the storm of energy. 80% of what you're experiencing, maybe 90%. Is, is not you. It's not your craziness. It's not your depression. It's not your rage. Snap out of it. Come back, you know, because that kind of, it diffuses that sort of collective cloud of disharmony. Yeah. Gosh, I know. So we're going to take a little break come back to a little bit of harmony and when we come back we're gonna uh check out these creepy crawly waves again hi this is christy walsh we hope you're enjoying the surf today come find me on twitter at christina surfing on SoundCloud or Facebook at Surfing the Psychic Waves and check out the archives on inflowradio.com. Hey, I would love to hear what waves you're surfing right now. For live shows, here's the number to call. 1-760-456-7277. That number again, 1-760-456-7277. Hi, it's Christy Walsh, and we are Surfing the Psychic Waves. Uh, my special guest star surfer today is Julia Stone Street Smith, and we're talking about what happens when surfers get all tripped up in bad moods and general crabbiness and what is that and what do you do to like change your space so julia we were talking about disharmony and harmony a little bit in the first part of the show and i kind of want to get back to like amusement and uh neutrality like how do you find that neutral space you know after let's say you've been bombarded by some crazy parking lot that you just drove by and you can see it's just chaos over there. So you're not going to go, you're going to keep driving (laughs) or whatever that is. Um, How do you get back to neutral and and amusement? Well, sheesh. um, (laughs) Because I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think a big part of it is, 
self-reflection is so important. And I, I work with a group of people and there's some people in my group that are really self-reflective and they can question like, why did I do that? Or go home and think about it. And you mentioned sometimes you'll have your experience and feel kind of bad about it. You know, yeah. I don't know about the self-recrimination part, but the fact <laughs> that you are like, what just happened? You know, and mm-hmm. willing to sit with it for a minute, like, wait, what? why did that get so intense? That's the beginning, because if you're not even able to stop and do that, that's a problem. If it's always somebody else's fault or you're the victim and, you know, it's you're, you know, everything's conspiring against you that you're never going to find your space like that. You will not. You can't if you're just convinced that the world is against you and you've done everything right. And I already tried that and that didn't work. And, you know, if you're resisting looking at your own part in it, then you cannot find your space. So the first step to me is always like the ability to sit back and go, what just happened or why did I react that way? You have to be willing to be responsible for your own space. You have to take responsibility for how you're reacting to things. You can't just blame it on everything else. Like, you know, it's not my fault. So there has to be self-reflection. Self-reflection, once you get there, I think I think it's so much more simple than we let it be. But mm-hmm. when you're in your own energy, okay, you feel pretty good. Things aren't perfect. It's not that everything's awesome, but you feel pretty good. So honestly, if you don't feel that way, there's other energy in your space, period. You know, you don't have to figure out who it is all the time or get really analytical about it. That could actually be a sort of a rabbit's hole. You know, like you don't want to, you don't need to figure it out. I think just honestly saying, I'm not feeling like I'm in my own energy right now. I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling good about the way I'm approaching these problems or this just doesn't feel like me. You know, that's the beginning. Even just that acknowledgement, yeah. I think, can shift things. And from there, you can start to make some choices like, well, how do I want to feel? You know, and for me, I play with color. Like, what color is that? You know, maybe peace today is like a lavender. Well, I'm going to imagine that around my body and I'm going to see what happens. You know, uh, it's hard to stay neutral because there are a lot of things on a daily basis that are offensive. And I feel like, again, with all this permission for people to just say whatever, write whatever, (laughs) you know, express themselves, we do get lit up. You know, we get lit up by, by certain things that we're like, that's not okay. You know, I, I don't like that. So another way that that people or that I try to help myself is, is, is to allow myself to get lit up. Like it's okay to get lit up, you know, um, then it's like, well, now how am I going to respond to being lit up? I don't think we have to get to a place where nothing bothers us or we never react. I don't think that would be very realistic in a human body. You know, I just don't think human bodies are really good at not reacting to stuff. Uh, yeah, I think we're and that's probably wired. part of what we're we're probably yeah. what we're pro- part of what we're doing here. Part of what we're learning is like how do I handle this reactive human body because it wants to react to stuff. Uh, so to me, it, it's just all about making yeah. conscious choices, trying to be awake, just trying to stay awake in this stormy time. It's like 
it's like psychically stormy. It's energetically stormy. If we have climate change, literally climate change, well, there's psychic climate change. And our psychic climate is getting stormy. It's, there's extreme weather on a psychic level, on an energy level. And there, and there needs to be some acknowledgement of that. Like, this is, this is volatile. I'm not imagining it. It's happening. It's real. And there may be some greater purpose behind it. You know, we may be, this might be a really important step in our evolution. I'm not sure. I do not consider myself an enlightened being, so I cannot speak to that. But... Yeah, I would like to know what the master evolutionary plan is. <laughs> I like to yeah, take where's a look. The, where's the enlightened being? <laughs> Tell us what, what, why. Why is this happening? I need um, I need that being to do it. You know, you know, draw it out on a whiteboard for me. <laughs> and yeah. I, I'd I'd like to know where we're going with all this because if we were just in a period of releasing a bunch of collective anger then we could at least be a little bit neutral when we go to the store. We could find our amusement when we get lit up. We could go back home after we get our chocolate milk and we're feeling really good and run our energy and get back to our space and connection with the universe. But like we, I feel like we're, there's like a couple of missing pieces. Like we don't know the, the roadmap anymore. So Right. We don't have reassurance. I mean, there doesn't seem to be a reassurance like, oh, this is a valuable time period. This Mm -hmm. is important because it will lead us over here or we're going to get to a more enlightened space or we're going to figure something out. We don't have that reassurance, you know, and that's probably also part of why people are so kind of nuts now because they can't find that sense of like, where are we going or, yeah, what's going to happen or do I have any control over what's happening? How do I, how do I manage my own life in the midst of this increasing volatility? Is this purposeful? You know, we don't know. I mean, you might know deep in your core. A lot of people probably do have connection, spiritual connections to things that give reassurance. Mm -hmm. But I think for a lot of people on a collective level, that feeling of reassurance is getting shaky. You know, it's kind of like, Hmm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think um, it seems like the the ways in which we define kind of being a good person or a good human or just a good being, that seems to have shifted also where uh, maybe that space has gotten a lot bigger. Um, but, the, but again, there's not like the markers to say, oh, you know, I made it through going to the store and didn't get angry and got my chocolate milk. I, I'm, I'm a good person today. <laughs> I don't feel like I, I end my days over the last couple of weeks saying, oh, that was pretty good. Oh, I kept my space together. Oh, I feel pretty good at the end of this day. I, you know, this is pretty, I, I, I think I'm doing it, you know? Uh, it's yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Well, and I also think to go back to how we pick up energy around us, I think there is institutional energy. I mentioned that before. And yeah. I do think some of the institutional energy is is contributing to the challenge in terms of making you feel like, no, you're not doing a good enough job. It's not good enough. No, that job's not good enough. That's not important enough. That's not special enough. You're not 
that's not success. Success, sort of these floating mm-hmm. ideas of like, you're supposed to be like this. You're supposed to be like that. And if you can't match the picture, well, then you're just, you know, obviously you're a loser or something, you know, yeah. or you're not good enough. And that to me is extremely challenging and toxic. And I work with kids. I do a lot of work with kids, especially like young teenagers and kind of looking at how they get programmed to, you're supposed to look a certain way. You have to have those shoes. You know, yeah. you, if you don't have this or, you know, that's, and it's, it's really, you see this programming coming into these young people and they're not always aware. Like you can actually with that age group, you can point stuff out and they kind of get it pretty quick but they might not have the tools to know how to manage that energy. But it's amazing to see how invalidating some of these yeah. energies are. Like, no, you, you have the wrong hair color. No, you, no, no, no. no, you're not supposed to go. Don't go to that store. I mean, it's ridiculous and it's um, disempowering. And honestly, I think this is how we kind of stay in, you know, systems that are oppressive, I think there's a lot of messages about be a consumer, be a consumer, mm-hmm. buy more stuff. You need stuff, 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 you know, and, and that, that seems to have pushed us off track as a species. Like our, our consumption is really, we're consuming our own earth and anybody who's behind that game, anybody who wants us to consume because their business makes money or because this or that, you know, because their job depends on it, you know, there's a lot of energy that doesn't want us to wake up to that. You know, like, don't wake up. Don't see the game. Don't see that game. Because if we saw it, we'd probably, I think we would reject it. If we really saw how that's operating and how it's Mm -hmm. damaging our own environment and things like that. But, um, yeah, it, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but it'd be so great if everyone could get in as part of their education, energy tools, like how to deal with energy or awareness of energy. You know, it's it's almost like we've agreed not to look at it. Like, nope, we're not going to teach that. We're not going to help show people how to do that because everything would fall apart. So much would fall apart if people really were able to find neutrality or they were able to manage their energies. You know, yeah. I mean, we'd have a completely different reality. Exactly. I mean, I do think there would be systems, you know, sort of unwinding and collapsing and, you know, there would be massive change. And at the same time, all this new stuff would be able to be created. So, I really think if people were able to get more aware of energy, I just don't think we would have some of these violent conflicts in the world. I mean, I don't think people would tolerate it. I think people would just defend each other more often or step in and just say, no, you know, like we're not doing that. We can't do that. We cannot act like that. We don't want to do that. It's again, it's like, I don't want that in my oneness. I don't want to be feeling my connection to all life and feeling that kind of pain. I can't, I don't want to. And I'm not going to tolerate it. And I'm not going to participate in anything that supports that. And the way things are now, how can I not participate in things that support that? You know, I'm participating unwittingly. 
all the time. I've noticed that sort of question kind of come up for myself um, in some of the things that I get involved with. Like, wait, what am I signing up for here? What am I saying when I participate in this group or that group? Like, what, uh, where am I in all this? And do I know, like, what this, it's like I'm I'm really questioning kind of um, sort of the foundations of some of the things I've been sort of involved with over the last couple of years. And and I guess it gets back to that consumerism. And, um, and, and there is something sort of innate in all of us that have to do, that has to do with survival and, and keeping us into some kind of community, <laughs> even if it's some surface, you know, thing about, I don't know, fashion, blog kind of stuff. So it, it seems like the enjoyment, I'll just use this example of like, looking at somebody's fashion blog and what's the new trends for 2020. Um, that used to be a source of amusement and maybe uh, art, uh, experiencing art or um, getting um, kind of the scoop on what's going on and, and kind of where I want to be in 2020, for example, maybe a sense of planning. But there's something about the consumerism and all that that it's kind of twisted right now. And I don't remember that in 2010. I don't either. I mean, I really feel like there's some escalation going on. Like it's moving faster. It's moving, you know, it's more, it's more intense. Um, Everything feels like it's been plugged into some kind of amplifier. Like it's getting amplified. And and then, you, you know, like we were talking about how people don't see the end game it gets scary. Like, well, how much more, how much more can we do this? Or, you know, like, how right. much do we, are we, we just go? Gonna, how much just, more intense can it be? Are we just surfing the waves for a while now for like forever, for eternity? Like that's just how it is now. Uh, I don't know. I wonder. I am. Well, still unfortunately, not. usually big traumatic events kind of pop energy. You know, and that's when people kind of stop and go, wait a minute, we need to feel more connected. And I I hope that we don't have, we human beings, the spiritual earth beings that we are, like, we don't have to do it that way. Like, we don't have to create tragedy to suddenly pop out of it and be like, wait a minute, I need to remember my priorities. Like, maybe there's another way. Who knows? Maybe this increasing intensity is just like forcing us. It's like pressure, mm-hmm. like, come on, people, get more creative. You're going to have to be more creative than that, you know, to weather this or change it or unhook it or. Yeah. Create something new. Yeah. I, it's just been kind of mind boggling. And then, you know, it starts with this little, little sort of thread of conflict or, um, you know, flash rage or hatred or I, I don't even know what to call it anymore. But it's like, wow, I was thinking good thoughts two seconds ago, and now I'm not. I know. Now I'm ready to do something crazy. <laughs> yeah, and and it's not crazy creative. It's crazy destructive. And so, you know, I do uh, think that when folks are kind of 
acknowledging their sensitivity and running energy, however, however it is that they do that. I mean, even if you just sit in a chair with the sun streaming down on you, that, that can be a meditation. Um, totally. A nice yeah. bath. I really think coming back to our bodies is very helpful. Yeah. You know, like we, we tend to leave, like you were talking about being in the airport and how you're kind of not really with your body because the energy is yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. But, you know, just the simple act of like coming back, like working in your garden, going to yoga, uh, you know, getting a pedicure, hopefully not with a raging nail technician. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but or you, you know, found a parking like, space. <laughs> right. And the parking lot was somewhat was okay that day. But, you know, just like come back and slow down, slow it down. All this technology that we have, I have to think that that's part of what, that's definitely part of what's creating the acceleration and some of the, the ability to express all this rage, which then causes people to feel more rage. Part of it is like this technology that we have, or, you know, I love the phone. Of course I do, but you just go around these days and everyone's looking at their phone. There's we're losing again, community, like just saying, hi, I'm in the doctor's office. I'm going to say hi, you know, but everyone's just like looking at the phone and, or in the restaurant. And, uh, that's, that's an interesting thing for me to keep an eye on. And again, working with younger people and wondering like, how is technology going to form this group of people? Because they've grown up with it and they're used to it and they don't like, this is how they form community, but it's not like, when I was growing up, when you hop on your bike and ride over to someone's house, you know, like we're actually together. Um, I see kids getting together and they're all on their phones, but together. It's just weird though. It's like, put that down. Let's have a conversation. Like, let's do something. What are you doing? You're just like together on your phone. And that's not <laughs> I don't the know. kind of community like, this that I picture. Yeah. I, <laughs> It's just so, it's so strange. So if we were in a circle um, with a group of friends right now, everybody has, you know, their phones or whatever, they'd all be looking at them and, you know, I don't know, texting each other in the group. But there were times in the 90s, not that long ago, where we would be sitting in meditation and we would all be communing with each other and looking at different energies and we would be all seeing the same thing. So that's, that's this kind of just sort of, disconnect I keep coming back to is that, wow, you know, back in the 90s, Julie and I were reading at the Berkeley Psychic Institute. It was a $20 reading. People would walk in and just off the street and need a reading for whatever. And we would read these people for two hours. We'd look at all sorts of layers of the aura <laughs> and all this, but we, there would be more than two of us. There'd be like five or six people in the room just looking at this one person. And, and I just imagine like, oh my God, what what a different world this would be if every once in a while you could get that kind of attention. Six, six other human beings just looking at your space, just saying hello. Like that would be like completely transformative. Yeah. And, and, or just, yeah. Just even going to a little gathering, a party where nobody touches the freaking phone. Now in my age group, that's not that uncommon because technology is newer to us but again for these younger adults it's kind of like they're always out they're always looking at that phone they're always checking the phone check up you know it's, it's kind of like and that's caused it again this speeding up like 
I don't want alerts on my phone about the latest, you know, drama that's happening. Um, but it's coming at me or these emails or these texts or, you know, yeah, I like it. I want to be in touch, but it, it's causing a, an, excel, an acceleration or an anti-body, anti-human. Like we need to get back to these bodies and bodies move slow. Yeah. Yeah. So our homework today is to find a new body space that you can come back to after you've made it through uh, going to the store <laughs> and the parking lot at the store, for example. Um, and uh, that can be sitting in a chair in the sun. It could be running energy, getting into some kind of meditation space. You know, there's always music. You can always use music to just kind of bring you back to your body. Talk um, to a there, friend. Talk to a friend. Like we're doing Have today. Have a conversation. Introduce yeah. yourself to a stranger. Why not? Yeah, I think I'm going to do that today. I'm just going to start saying hello to everything, like live people. Usually I keep talking to inanimate <laughs> objects. <laughs> they don't talk back too much, but um, I'm going to try people for a while. See what happens. Yeah, people. <laughs> so this is why we're doing this show. So we can uh, remind surfers that they can talk to each other. And it's okay to be sensitive, but it's also good to be connected too so thank you so much for surfing the psychic waves with us today julia we had such a good time thank you yes thank you thanks everyone out there we have a couple of new shows uh coming up next with venus andrecht and summer mcstravick so stay tuned Surfing the Psychic Waves with me today on InflowRadio.com. You can find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing or find me Surfing the Psychic Waves on SoundCloud or on Facebook and let me know what waves you're surfing. This show is brought to you by InflowRadio.com the best curated talk radio network for personal development, wellness, spirituality, and conscious business.